He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require from you, but to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I've been reading up this week on some 15th century explorers, and uh, it's just, it's really interesting to me to, to read the stories of, of guys like Columbus and Cabot, Cartier, Hudson, um, understanding fully that there was some, some pretty major atrocities these guys uh, committed, and, and they certainly uh, aren't, aren't black and white heroes. Um, but in terms of the exploration they were actually doing, um, sailing into the unknown, it's pretty amazing to realize like they didn't have maps. They were sailing into the unknown. The maps they did have had blank spaces, uh, the, the, and some maps were just plain wrong, and they were sailing along, uh, often thinking they were finding this passage to Asia, and along the way, find, discovering different aspects, or you know, discovering uh, different aspects of, of North America, different parts of it. Um, but, but really, they were wandering around, perpetually lost, uh, and stumbling across things the whole time. Imagine being on one of those early expeditions and, and just being so lost, not knowing uh, when ocean is going to end and when land is going to start and what land you're going to come across and, and what will be there when you, when you find land, uh, the, the complete unknown sailing into the absolute unknown. Um, today's day and age, we really don't understand being lost for the most part because uh, we have GPS maps uh, kind of in our pockets at all times. Uh, and I think, honestly, one of the things I treasure most about uh, our faith is, is that it provides this framework, uh, this map, really, for, for life. Um, uh, things like, who am I? Why am I here? What is the meaning of life? You know, the little things. Uh, what's expected of me? How do I find hope in the midst of darkness? How do I find joy in the midst of sadness? Uh, some of these major life questions, I find um, th that our faith provides this map to navigate through um, the ups and downs of life. Um, but as we look around us, we, we, we sort of live in this, this culture of people who who have no map, who are, are wandering around not knowing there is a map, wandering around in the darkness trying to navigate it often just, just by emotions alone. We have uh, many people who have rejected the map altogether and are trying to, to chart their own course that's, that's different. And, um, but for us, uh, as Christians, as we, as we look at what is the map, what is truth, what is life, who am I, what is right and wrong, um, really it comes down to this this book is our map. Uh, this book is, is, we believe, the revelation of God, that God has, has delivered his word to us uh, through human authors and has protected it and, and assembled it in this book. And what we have is God's truth revealed to us. Um, Thomas Jefferson, who was the third president in the United States, famously took a razor blade and, uh, to, to his Bible, and, and he would cut out the parts that he disagreed with, and particularly he cut out any reference to miracles or, or the divinity of Jesus. Uh, and so he, 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 he cut it out and, and assembled his own Bible. And, and what he did was really establish his own authority over this book, that this book was simply a book, and he was the absolute authority over top of it. 
Now, just like yesterday, we, we were walking through these, these disciplines of what it means to walk humbly with God. And, and we know that one of the most important disciplines we talked about was prayer. And, and today, as we also know, reading the Bible is also one of these core disciplines of our faith. Um, but why? Why is reading the Bible so important? Why is it one of these core disciplines? It can, just like prayer, very easily turn into um, a religious duty, right? A checklist that God expects me to do this. And so we sit down and we read our chapter and we go, there you go, God, I read your chapter. Now you can leave me alone for another day. Uh, sometimes that's, that's how it feels. Or sometimes it can feel like um, we're just trying to find an, an answer. We're trying to, you know, find something very pragmatic. Give me something I need in this exact moment right now. And, and often we leave frustrated when it doesn't give us the exact thing we're looking for. And, and it can also be proof texting of this is what I believe to be truth. And so I'm going to twist and distort and find something and, and, and do some hermeneutical gymnastics and, and proof text what I already believe or want to believe. But when it comes to the Bible, what we really need um, to be looking for, the discipline itself and why it's so important, um, is not looking for information, but we need to be looking instead for transformation. And the Bible needs to become our source of authority. And, and, and really, when it comes down to it, what we need to do, and, and it's a, one of the most important parts of our faith, is um, are, are we willing to give this text power of attorney over our lives? It's a pretty massive question. And it should really change the way that we look at this book when we open it. That this has authority over my life. Um, because we know, and we talk about this lots, that Jesus is Lord, right? That the, the, the core of our faith, that Jesus is King, and, and we follow Him. That we submit to Jesus' Lordship. That we are His servants. And, and I think for the most part, we, we get that. That's, that's easy to say. But how do we receive instructions or marching orders from Jesus? Uh, we don't often, usually, not never, but we don't often get a booming voice from the sky. That's not usually how this works. He's not writing it in the clouds. What he's done is he's given us this book. He's given us his word and it is sufficient. We're told in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 12, For the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Uh, that This book is alive, and as we read it, it does a work in us. It challenges us. It reads us. Um, that This is the, the, the mechanism, this is the method that God uses to lead and guide us. It's found in the Word. We also see uh, famously in 2 Timothy uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God, man or woman, may be completely equipped for every good work. This is God's instruction for us. And, and often I think we read it just to get more information and know more about God. Um, but James... Uh, James kind of challenges us. In James 1.22, he says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. That 
we're not just supposed to be reading the word, but rather we're supposed to be submitting to the word of God. I read one quote by a, a, a pastor and author this week that said, the risk of obedience is that it will often make no sense to us at the time. And so it comes down to how do we view this book? Is it the inspired word of God that God has given to be the authority of truth, the map for life over our lives? And is it authority sort of we stand under it? Or do we stand over it like Thomas Jefferson and cut out the pieces that we don't like or don't agree with that don't fit culturally with our understanding? And it really is this challenge of what do we do with the Bible? I believe that walking humbly with God, this, this part of this threefold kingdom mandate, walking humbly with God means that we allow his word to take authority over our lives and that we become a subject to the subject matter, meaning we allow the text to read us, that we should expect that there are things in this book that will challenge us, that we will wrestle with, that we will disagree with. But when we do, we don't ignore it, we don't write it off, we don't excuse it, but we allow it to chisel away at our character and change our understanding of truth because it is the map. There are different ways of reading Scripture, and I think there's different methods that, that we need to use. Um, the first method is, is reading for content, where you're just reading the stories. You're trying to understand how the different stories fit together, and, and there's an important aspect of that, and that's often... I. I how I find myself reading is, is reading to understand the story and how it all fits together and who the characters are and the timeline. Uh, and that's important for context. But there's another type of reading as well, and that's reading for relationship. And this is where we expect that God is going to speak to us through the text. Now, you first have to understand, I think, the context of what's going on and what the original author was saying so then we're not pulling it out of context. So that, that contextual reading sort of comes first. But then we go back in once we understand the context. And, and this is why study Bible is so important. Because a study Bible can, can give you the context, some of those, those cultural things that we may not understand at first glance. Um, but then we come into it relationally and going, God, what are you trying to say to me? And, and, and in praying through that and expecting that God will speak to us. And there are things that God wants to challenge in our lives and call us out on as we read the text. And when that happens, we put it down. Instead of continuing to read on, we pray it back to God and allow it to change us. And there's another, another method of reading as well, too. And that, that, I believe, is reading devotionally, where it's, it's this prayerful meditation, um, things called Lectio Divina. Um, maybe we'll get into that at some point. Uh, perhaps this year, um, but Electio Divina is really just taking taking a small piece of the text, even just one word or, or, or one, one verse, and meditating on it, filling your mind with it, wrestling with it, allowing it to wash over you, contemplating each word and trying to figure out why each word is there and what God is doing and how he's speaking to you through it. And there's this devotional aspect of scripture as well. Um, there is, there is an expectation, and, and, and my hope is that, that these dailies are not replacing Scripture in your life, that, that we're hoping that this is a discipline that's, that's, um, that is valuable, that, that, that is pouring something into your life, um, but we're hoping that in addition to these, that you're also in the words yourself, right? Because this is God's divinely inspired Word. He speaks to us through it. 
And it's the authority, not me, not Ken, not Scott. It's the inspired word that is authority over our lives and we need to be in it, allowing God to speak to us through it and challenge us. So I encourage you to pick it up, to spend some time in it. If you understand the context of the stories that start reading relationally, perhaps go even slower, smaller and read devotionally as all scripture is good for teaching, correcting, rebuking, encouraging. Before you open the text up, whichever way it is, I pray that you would pray. Ask the Spirit, expect the Spirit to illuminate the text, that they would use it as that sword that cut to the heart, and that we would experience relation, experience Him through His Word, because it is alive, it is active. And it really becomes the big question as you are about to open it, is uh, the question of, does this have authority over my life? I think that's perhaps one of the most important questions that we all must come to uh, when it comes to the Bible. Let's pray. First, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you um, that you've preserved it. God, we thank you that you have inspired it. God, we thank you that you live and and dwell and work within it in our lives and and help us um, by faith to come to a, a place where we're willing to stand under it and that you would use it to mold us and shape us into your image and your likeness. We thank you that you love us and for the patience you have with us. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, hopefully you have a great day. Uh, Just know that if there's anything we can do to help, uh, yeah, reach out. We'd love to walk with you in whatever season you're in. Have a great day.